is taken from the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, and it's reading from verse 29, uh, chapter 29, and from verses 4 to 14. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it is prosperous, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found with you or by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Uh, The second reading is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 6, and reading from verse 19 to 24, and the passage is headed, Treasures in Heaven. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Thanks be to God for his word. Let us pray. Just reflect briefly on the word that you've heard. Ask the Lord to make those words alive to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for bringing us to the point of receiving your word. We pray, Father, once again that you will make your word alive in our heart today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if we could switch to this um, front computer again, and to remind us that we are still on that theme of pursuing, overtaking, and recovering all. Because that's our theme for the year. Now, 
in the earlier service, I told that story of um, a boy who went to an animal shelter with a dad with the hope of bringing home a pet. You know, as children ask from time to time, oh, daddy, I need a cat or I need a dog or something. I mean, Sharon has been asking us for a dog for I don't know how long. And we kept telling her, sorry, because you go back to school, it will be left with us to take care. <laughs> Your mom goes to work and I'm very busy. I'm sorry, we cannot really take care of a pet now. Maybe we'll do sometime later. But if you want a pet, we said to her, okay, when you grow old enough to have your own home, <laughs> you can have a pet. But that's not to say we don't like pets. I mean, I had a cat uh, my first few years of uh, ministry. But anyway, this dad and son went to the uh, animal shelter, and they were going through from kennel to kennel, and they saw these dogs, all kinds of dogs, you know. German Shepherd, Labrador, whatever it is, you know all the names. And when they came to one particular one, there was this little puppy that was very excited and looking up to them and wagging the tail so furiously. And they moved on. And then when they got to the end, so Dad said, okay, which one do you want? He didn't waste time. He said, Dad, the one with the happy ending. The one with the happy ending. <laughs> Now, there are stories that come with a happy ending. And that's a beautiful story of being a child of God. The Bible says, we are a new creation. All things have done what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So our old is now history. And for us to dwell on the old or remind ourselves of the mistakes of the past is really holding ourselves prisoners. But God is saying, move ahead. That's why pursuing, there's something ahead that God wants to take us into. And now why we are going back to this is because there's much more to this theme. God, in pursuit of God. Pursuing God because God is always there, no doubt. But God is always doing something new. He says in Isaiah, will you not see it? I do a new thing. And this is a new year, by the way, just in case you don't remember. <laughs> so there's something new that God is about to do in your life, in our church, in our community. And so we have to pursue after God to find what this is all about. Someone wrote two books. The first one is The God Chasers. How many of you have seen that book before, know about the God chasers? All right. Nenna knows. She's <laughs> At least my wife knows. <laughs> but you can see it up there. Tommy Tinney wrote this book about chasing after God. You know, God is there. He wants us to come to him. He knows our needs, but he wants us to pray. He said, ask and you will receive. And if he knows our need, why will he ask us to pray? Because he wants a fellowship. In the Garden of Eden, God will come to Adam and Eve and have fellowship with them. And so God created us for fellowship. Now Tommy Tinney wrote this book. And then the next one that followed that is the God catchers. So it's not just chasing after God, but come to the point where actually 
you get on with God. You catch God. Like Jacob in the Old Testament in Genesis. Jacob was running away from his brother Esau because he had taken his birthright. Remember that story? And as he ran away, he came to a point in the middle of nowhere. He was alone. And that night, he had a dream where angels of God were ascending and descending in that very place. And he woke up and said, so God was here and I didn't know it. God is always there. And so, um, Jacob discovered for himself. And then, another incident when an angel appeared to him. Again, in that process of running away from his brother. This time, he had already, actually he was going back. He didn't know what to do. He had cheated his brother Esau. Esau was looking for him. He went to Laban, his uncle, and he played the fast one. <laughs> but God blessed him nevertheless. Even though they played the fast one on him, he wanted to marry a girl. And they said, no worry, work for seven years and the girl will be yours. And he did. But by the time he woke up, after the first night, he discovered it wasn't the girl he worked for. It was someone else. They had switched it. And then he can say, but this is not the lady I want. I say, well, sorry, you have to have the older one before the younger one. <laughs> but in the end, he still decided because he wanted this person, he still worked for another seven years and finally married the girl of his dream. Anyway, when things went so between him and Laban, and his uncle, he decided to run away and run back home. But remember, Esau was at the other end, and so he was going back into trouble. And so when he knew he was getting closer, he decided to split his family. Some go ahead in different batches. And they were going with all that he had gathered all his life. And he said to them, if Esau meets you, tell Esau, that Jacob, your servant, he didn't listen to Jacob, your brother, Jacob, your servant, he's giving you all of this. But Esau knew he was coming, so he came with his own soldiers to welcome him. What a welcome. <laughs> he didn't come just to embrace him. He knew what he was coming to do. But that night, after Jacob had asked everyone else to leave, God appeared to him. And the Bible says he wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And he wouldn't let go. Catching God. God catcher. He held on to this angel. It was getting to death. The angel said, leave me. Let me go. He said, except you bless me, I will not do what? Let you go. That is what it means to chase after God. Chasing after God and catching after God is to desire God above everything else. Nothing else comes between you and your God. People can make fun of you, but look, your heart is with God. God becomes your utmost love, as we read in Deuteronomy and Matthew. He says you will love the Lord your God with all your world, your heart, your mind, your soul. So your love for God. If you read Songs of Solomon, even though he's talking about human love, it's actually a figure of 
God and his people. And you read it and see how passion was really exhibited. Now, it's also about the suffering, the suffering, God's plan. If you look at Jeremiah 29, what does it say there? I have a plan for you, a plan for good and not for evil. Now, it's important for us to realize in that scripture, talking about happy ending, it wasn't a good time for Israel. They were in captivity. They were scattered across the place. And some of their prophets were prophesying lies to them. And God said to Jeremiah, tell these people, look, don't be in a hurry because you'll be there for 70 years. What an answer to prayer. (laughs) People have been praying and the answer they are getting from God is, relax, you'll be there for 70 years. Don't be in a hurry. Marry wives, build homes. Pray for the good of the land where you are. Because when the land prospers, you will do what? Prosper. Amen? Amen. So that's why this week we are declaring the time of prayer. Praying for ourselves, praying for our church, praying for our land. When the land prospers, what will happen? We will prosper. And God said, I have a plan for you. If your team plays and they win, if there's a replay on television, you already know the scores. You are no longer in anxiety. But if you are watching it live, you're really hoping that they will win. You're anxious. You know, I follow um, Anthony Joshua, the boxer. Okay? Now, he lost at the beginning of last year Okay, you know, one of the reasons why I follow him is because he has some Nigerian parentage, so I'm being biased here. <laughs> but he fought and lost his three crowns, three, not just one, because he was, uh, you know, the world disputed heavyweight champion with all the bells in his, you know, grip. But that day, he lost And then there was going to be a rematch. And I was just hoping, Lord, please help him. (laughs) Now, the rematch towards the end of the year, 2019, was in Saudi Arabia. And what happened? He won. And he got back all his three titles together in one night. So if that is going to be replayed on television... Will I get worried? No. The other person I follow so closely is Andy Murray. Okay? (laughs) Am I Scottish? (laughs) Well, in a way, I am because the Presbyterian Church of Nigeria was planted by the Church of Scotland. Oh, you see? (laughs) But anyway, I like tennis. I like tennis. That's that's the uh, basic reason. And he's such a gentleman. Never mind all the crying and crying, okay? And sometimes people think he's very solid, but he is. He's a lovely, lovely man. I like Andy Murray. So when he's playing, actually, I can stop anything to just go and watch Andy Murray play. So if again, there's a game that's gone and it's won, I can't be worried. But if he's going to play with Djokovic or Nadal or... 
uh, Federer. I'll be praying, God, please help Mary. <laughs> because these are accomplished people at the height. But you know, the first title he won, he actually did knock out all these big names. He played with them and knocked them out one by one. And I think that was his sweetest victory where he got his Wimbledon title. And he followed it up with the Olympic title. Now, I'm saying all of this just to tell us that when you are passionate about something, you devote yourself. Some people actually are fans of a club and you're registered members of that club. I won't ask you those who are Chelsea or Man U or, or all, of those, all of those others. But seeking God means nothing else. You want to know the plan of God. You want to please God. You want to know what will make God happy. You're seeking God. Pursuing after God is to seek after his heart. God, what is in your heart for me? What's in your heart for the church? It's not just about coming to church. No, it's deeper than that. Jesus' disciples, there were thousands of followers. But only few stuck with him. It's important for us to realize we can come to church, but that doesn't really make us a Christian. Anymore, sleeping in a garage makes you a car. Because why? You are different. God has called us. And so, it is also a hunger and thirst for God. And what do we mean by that? It's about hunger for the word of God. Nothing else. The Apostle Paul says he counts everything else but dung for the excellency of knowing Christ. And number two, starting early. I know some of us go on YouTube first thing in the morning, do you? <laughs> oh, maybe make a phone call. But you know, the first phone call you should make in the life, in your life, on a, every morning is a phone call to heaven. Amen? Amen. Being constant because there is a, there's an open line to heaven. Make it a constant habit. And your last phone call of the day should be to heaven again. Okay, call to duty in the morning and sign off at night. And say, Lord, here I am again, your son, your daughter. Thank you, Lord, for what a wonderful day it's been. Lord, I know I've been able to achieve some things. And whatever I've failed, I know you can help me do better tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Seek after God. Coming to church is one of those ways because sometimes people see it as, you know, a matter of, well, if I like, if I don't like. No, if you love God, you always want to be there. The psalmist, Psalm 42, he says, I long to be in that place with your people. It's a call to fellowship. Pursue fellowship, fellowship with God. And that's what Hebrews 10, 25 tells us. It says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. Hallelujah. There's no time off. Hello? <laughs> if God takes time off one second from our lives, what will happen? You know what will happen? So let's not take time off, okay? Let's seek after him. And it's when we come together, we build one another in fellowship. It's also about treasuring God's word. And I'm going to read this one in Job chapter um, 23, verse 12. 
There's something Job says there that we need to always remember. Job 23, verse 12. Job says, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily food. So for Job, the greatest of delicacy is the word of God. No wonder the psalmist says, your word is sweeter than honey. Sweeter than the honey in the honeycomb. And so for us, let's seek after him. And even in the psalm, he says, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. So seeking after God is seeking after his word. And also, it sets us on a journey. Every one of us together. The journey of discovery. The journey of being in depth in that knowledge of God. And it's every one of us. Father, mother, children, young and old. So God calls us. Even our pets, you see that picture there. <laughs> Everyone on that journey of discovery. And it means, don't go alone. Invite someone else. That's why at the beginning in October, we had a particular acronym, postcode. Now, which part of the country uses E as their postcode? Who knows? Edinburgh. <laughs> Edinburgh. All right. Now, but this is a special kind of postcode. All right? For those who were there in October, do you remember what it was again? Everyone bring one. Good. Everyone, each one bring one. That's the postcode. That's the destination. And what does it mean that you and I, each of us, I know it's wonderful. We want to win everyone in the world. That's great. God bless us with that. But the simplest thing is each one. You as an individual, just pray, God, in 2020, help me to lead one person to you. The Bible says those who win souls are wise. Let me lead one person to Christ's church. Each one, bring one. That's the destination this year. Amen? Each one, bring one. Each one, bring one. And if each of us here sat here today, if we all come back next Sunday with one person, what will happen? The remaining seats will be taken up. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. And you can do it in three months' time, couldn't you? You could. Just one person. Just say, God, show me that one person that you want me to bring to you. And prayerfully, prayerfully, the Lord will help you. Because if you are blessed by God coming to church, God wants you to be a blessing to someone else. That's why this year we are pursuing after God. And today, I want us to allow that to sink in. So let's come to God in a time of prayer. Ask the Lord to help you. To be his ambassador. To go out there. To draw people to him. Each one, bring one. If you bring two, even the better. 
You bring 10, fantastic. But just focus and say, Lord, this month of January, before January ends, before February ends, Lord, just help me. Just one person to lead to faith. One person to bring to church. You may not be able to lead them to faith, but you can bring them to church. And so, Lord, this morning we pray, thanking you for your word. And we pray that, Lord, we will go out and become your voice to the world. We pray that, Lord, you give us boldness to declare to the world that Jesus Christ is Lord. Help us, O God Almighty, to be his messengers, to stand out in the public, to stand out in our offices, to stand out in the community, to show people that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, Father, Lord, this morning, we may continually grow in our faith, not only ourselves, but together as a church, as a family. Loving God, this morning, we remember all those who are mentioned in our prayer news today. Almighty God, we pray for the fires in Australia. Lord, we pray that the rains will be heavier, that these, Lord, fires will be put out. Save them, deliver them. We pray, Father Lord Almighty, for the tension in the um, uh, Arabian Peninsula. Lord, we pray that you bring sense in the midst of chaos. Almighty God, we pray that your hand will be upon Christian brothers and sisters who are under pressure for their faith in North Korea, in northern Nigeria, in Sudan, in, in the Arab region, and other places, Lord, where because of their faith they are being persecuted. We pray that, Lord, your blessing will be with them and give them hope of your intervention. Thank you for this town of Swanley. Because, Lord, you are doing a new thing. Thank you for the town council. Thank you for those who will begin to seek after you. Lord, in this week of prayer, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will raise our hearts and our minds. Indeed, for the whole churches of Christ, it's the week of prayer for Christian unity. Lord, we pray that it will be the week when the whole church will come together, especially on Saturday and on Sunday. Thank you, dear Lord, for hearing our prayer. We worship and adore you. Thank you for hearing our prayer. For we pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen.